Shalom Ubracha. We are up to Mayed Katan Daf Yud. Today's Daf talks about a Maisa Uman, a tailor, whether you're allowed to sew, whether you're allowed to set up a bed, whether you're allowed to set up a mill on Cholamoid. It also lists seven halachas that Rava said about Cholamoid, as well as finishing off with this discussion about Mecca but doing business on Cholamoid. Now, the Gemara begins discussing the part of the Mishnah that says that a Hedyoid, a regular person, or maybe from the lotion of idiot, um, is allowed to sew on Cholamoid. So how do you know if you're a Hedyoid? How do you know if you're an Uman, a, a master tailor craftsman? So the Be'er say that if you're able to put in the, the needle, and when you pull that out, it does an entire line of stitching, that's Maisa Uman. Rabbi Yisibar Hanina gives a different qualification. As long as you're able to sew on this extra piece of material at the edge, which was a, a challenging task in tailoring, as some of you may know, that would be a Maisa Uman. If you can't do that, then you're good, then you could sew on Cholamoid. Now, the Mishnah said that if this guy is an Uman, he has to be Machlev when he's sewing. So what is a machlev? Yechanan says it means he has to make wide stitches. He has to make a shinoi. Rabbi Barshmol says uh, that the lashon of machlev is like the, the teeth of a kelev. Like a long and a short, a long and a short stitch. Also a way of sewing with a shinoi. Now Mishnah says that you're allowed to be misargin the mitos, the beds, on cholamoid. And Rabbi says, oh, no, you're allowed to be mematchen, the beds. So now we just need a little translation going on. So what is misargin? What is mematchen? Well, it's actually a machlokes. We have three shitas in the Gemara. We start off with two shitas. One is that misargin means putting the ropes, setting up the ropes. You know, today we have springs. In those days, it was ropes. So you have ropes going both directions. So doing both directions is misargin, doing only one direction is mematchen. Now, the second shita is that mesargin is to do ropes in one direction, while mematchen means not putting up, setting up ropes, it means tightening ropes that are already in. The Gemara says, mematchen means tightening ropes that are already in there. We have a brysa of a reftachlifa barshal that says that you're not, everyone agrees, you're not allowed to twist new ropes on Cholomite. Now, if you're going to say that Masargin means setting up ropes in two directions, Shasi and Orif, and Mematzchen means one direction. Okay, so now everyone agrees that you can't twist original ropes. That makes sense in that context. However, if Mematzchen means you can't tighten ropes, and the most Mekel opinion says that you are allowed to put up ropes in one direction, but everyone agrees that you can't put in both directions, then what's the Havamina that I can spin brand new ropes? Let's talk a good kasha. The Ritva says it's only a kasha because maybe you can answer that. Oh, there's a Havamina, maybe I could spin brand new ropes because you, can't, have, you can't, can't sleep at all without ropes, but you could sleep with ropes going just one direction along the bed frame. Anyway, Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchak turns to Rav Chia Bar and he says... Is there really someone who holds that Masargin means only going having the ropes go one direction? Ramirez says that a bed is not even a bed until you have at least three ropes going in the second direction. Elamai, Ravin comes in with a third explanation to understand what these words mean, and he describes Masargin as being ropes in both directions. 
and that the Chachamim say you could do. And then Rav Yesi say, no, you can't do that, you can only do Mematchin. What's Mematchin? So that's either ropes going in one direction, or tightening ropes that are already there. So the only Machlekes is in Mematchin. Now we have a, a little question on this, because there's a Brisa that tells us a three-way Machlekes. Rav Meir holds that you are allowed to be Masargin and Mematchin on Cholamoid. Rabbi Yossi says you're allowed to be Matchin, but you can't be Masargin. And then there's a third opinion, a Yeshayimrim, that says you're not even allowed to be Mematchin. Now, if Mematchin means that you're allowed to have ropes in one direction, so the Yeshayimrim is saying, no, you can't even have ropes going in one direction. But if Mematchin means that you're not even allowed to have going in one direction, it's just tightening ropes then what's the Yeshim even saying? You're not even allowed to tighten the ropes? The Gemara says, yeah, you're not even allowed to tighten the ropes because you can just stuff the bottom of your bed with clothing and leave the ropes loose. Now, we have a new Mishnah that says you're allowed to set up a stove, an oven, and a mill on Cholamoid. But if Yehuda says, you're not allowed to be Mechavshin, a mill, originally. All right, so uh, that's a great halacha. What's Mechavshin? Yehuda explains, it means to cut ridges in this new mill so that it will grind better along, it won't be a smooth surface. Rebichil says it means cutting a spout to pour in the grain in between the two rocks for them to grind. Now, we have a kasha. We learned that you're allowed to set up a tanur, a stove and oven on Cholamoid, as long as you don't finish the malacha. According to Rabbi Eliezer, the Chachamim say you're even allowed to totally set it up. Rabbi Yehuda says you're allowed to set it up brand new. But if you were setting up an old one, you're allowed to cut in ridges. Now, if you're going to say that you're setting up an old one, now you can cut new ridges into an old mill. You want to make it more abrasive. We want it to grind better. But if it's an old mill, it already has a hole to put in the grain. What do you mean you're going you're gonna to put in a new hole? It's an old mill. How did it get in the grain before? The Gemara says, You just want to widen this hole in the old mill. Rav Huna saw someone who was poking a hole in his mill on Cholamoyed. And he says that this person who's being mechalel Cholamoyed, his body should be disgraced. So he must hold like the Yeshayimim who says that you can't be mechabesh now, Rav Chama learned that you are allowed to poke this hole. You're allowed to be a menaki. You're allowed to dig the ridges into a mill on Cholamoid. Rav Meir says you're even allowed to cut the nails of a donkey or a horse that you're riding on Cholamoid. The nails would infringe. It would cause them a little tire and they wouldn't walk well. So you're allowed to cut their nails. However... If you're using a donkey to actually run the mill, you know, if, it was, if they're grinding a lot of grain, it was very hard to, to spin the, the mill so many times. So for larger quantities, they would have the donkey do it. Now for that, you're not allowed to cut the nails because since it's not that much walking, he's walking in circles over here, the nails won't bother him, you're not allowed to cut those on Cholamoid. Rabbi Huda did allow cutting the nails of a mill donkey on Cholamoid. He lets, he's matter setting up a mill He's he matters building a mill. He's matters building the frame of a mill, and he's matters building a barn on Cholamoid. Rava 
allowed combing a horse with a, a metal comb, an iron comb. And he allowed building a little trough for the animals to eat out of. And he allowed building an itztaba, a stone bench. Rava also allowed bloodletting on Cholamoid. But the Chiddush is bloodletting of an animal. Abai says that you're allowed to do any refuah, not just bloodletting for an animal on Cholamoid. So the veterinarians are going to be open. Now, Rava tells us seven halachas. Number one. He permitted pressing clothing on Cholamite because that's considered a Maizahedyot. In fact, if Yitzchak allows putting pleats into your sleeve, I'm sorry, he answers putting pleats in a sleeve because that's a Maizahedyot. Pressing clothing is okay, but the pleats in a sleeve, that's already a Maizahedyot. Next, Rova says that if someone is clearing around, clearing a patch of ground, now, it depends why he's doing it. If he's doing it to be able to live there, that's okay. But if he's doing it to fix the ground, that's usher. How can you tell? Well, if he's smoothing the ground in this one spot, then you know that he wants to live there. But if he's moving the dirt from a higher spot and he's filling up holes, then you know he's trying to fix the ground itself. That'd be usher. Rava also says another halacha, that if someone is pulling out weeds, then if he's Pulling the weeds out for the weeds themselves, for Kindle, that's mutter. But if you're just trying to fix the ground, that's usser. How can you tell? Well, if he's only taking the big sticks and leaving the little ones, then, then you know he wants Gishmaka Kindle. But if he's taking both big and little sticks, then you know he's just trying to clear out the ground. That would be usser. Rubble also says that if someone lets water flow into his yard, then if he's just letting the water flow there to be able to catch fish, that would be mutter. But if he's trying to irrigate the land, of that would be awesome. Now, how could you tell? Well, if he opens up two spouts so that the water is flowing in and also flowing out, then you know he's trying to go fishing. But if he only opens up one and then the water is sitting in his field, that would be for the ground, that would be awesome. Rafa says another halacha that if someone is pruning his palm tree, if he's doing it to feed these branches to his animal, that'd be mutter. But if he's trying to enhance the tree, that'd be usher. How can you tell? If he's taking all of the branches off of one side of the tree, then you know he's doing it to keep the branches, not for the tree. But if he's making it nice and aesthetic, and he's taking from all sides, that's making the tree healthy over there, that'd be usher. Next, Rava says that if someone has unripe dates, it's mutter to cut them, but it's usher to press them. Where Papa says that if they're getting wormy, if someone has merchandise that's getting wormy, it's rotting, then it's a Davra Oved and he would be allowed to sell that on Cholamoyed. Even though you're not allowed to do business on Cholamoyed, but Davra Oved is mutter. Rava says that any Stam merchandise is usher to buy or sell on Cholamoyed. Rabbi Yaisi Baravana adds that if it's a Dovra Oved, that'd be Mutter. Ravina had this business and he had this merchandise that he was able to sell for 600 and he waited to sell it after Yontif because he didn't want to do the business on Cholam Void. And after Yontif, he was able to sell it for 1200 Wow, what am I saying? Ravina had a similar story, but you know, not always is, is, is the story about a hatter. Sometimes you are allowed to do business on Cholam for example, collecting loans. See, Ravina had the people of Accra owed him money. 
Akra this new also. So he went to Ravashi and said, Can I go there on Cholamoy to collect my money? So Ravashi told him that since right now they're here and you can claim it from them, and tomorrow they, they could be gone since that, that's a Dover Ovid and that counts as a Dover Ovid, uh, like merchandise that would be, have, would be going bad because after Yantav you might, be, you might not be able to collect your loan. Therefore, he gave him a heter that you're allowed to collect this on Cholamoy. We have a Bryce that says, that regarding the Goyim, if they come into town with their fare, and this is not a a common thing, and you can get really good deals in this fair, they're buying animals and slaves and houses and fields and vineyards, you can do full business there, because since they're only here today, and they'll be gone tomorrow, but after Yom Tif, it's a, considered a Dover Ovid, and you could fully partake in these fairs. But again, we have these the Maisa with they raised about oven with Ravino who pushed it off and the Rosh paid him back double. Right, thank you for learning with me. Have a wonderful day.